Welcome to another insightful episode of Grandma Says. And here's Grandma. And I'm back with another episode of Grandma Says. We are still looking at the foundations required for a happy family and a happy home when it comes to raising children. And as discussed, that means having a proper foundation, proper scheduling, and setting boundaries. And today we are going to look again at scheduling, and this is as it relates to toddlers. Toddlers are a rather unique group when it comes to scheduling because they're the one group that it's kind of difficult to schedule with toddlers. Infants are at your mercy. If it's time to get in the car, they're in the car seat, you're ready to go, no problem. Pre-Ks are usually not that difficult. I mean, they're not exactly 100% always on board, but they understand you a little better. So if you say it's time to go, they know shoes, jacket, get in the car. Most pre-Kers can even buckle themselves in, etc. because they're pre-K. Toddlers different. Toddlers have a tendency to change with the minute of the day. One minute your toddler's in a great mood and they're happy and you put their socks and shoes on and they're cooperating and they'll sit still and not try to kick you in the head. In the next minute, your toddler is running around the house with the shoe trying to decide if they can fit the shoe inside of the hamster cage. Point being, because toddlers are erratic, it is very difficult to just say, okay, exactly 11.35 every day is lunchtime for a toddler. No, that needs to be an open window of 11.35 to 12.30 because that's how toddlers speak. Right down to when they wake up. You may say, well, my kid always sleeps exactly from noon to two. Yeah, not if they're toddlers. They may surprise you. Some will wake up immediately, others will sleep until five unless you make them get up. The point being is that you still need to establish a schedule. With toddlers, it's better to set a routine more so than just the schedule so that for them, since they don't recognize time, you're giving them clues. I've mentioned in other podcasts, the best way to communicate with toddlers is through music so they can understand the transition is occurring because we're singing a different song. If I am singing good morning, good morning to all the butterflies and we're going to point to all the pictures on the wall and so forth, that would mean it's time to wake up. It's time for taking a bath and we do this is the way we wash our hands, wash our hands, brush our teeth, etc. Music is the best way to communicate with toddlers and you want to make sure that it's a routine enough so that when they reach a stage where they can clap along, nod along and sing along with you, they are starting to help with word association. So if you start using music, it won't be long before they'll start talking. So if you're at the toddler stage where your kid's not speaking, then try a singing routine song, but you have to have them on a routine for this to work. It doesn't make sense to, this is the way we wash our hands when you're sitting down to have lunch. Um, because they're not going to be able to associate the song or the words with the activity, which ultimately means they don't know what that word means yet because there's no association with it. Now, going back to schedules, meaning or having a huge effect on emotions, this is very important to keep in mind, especially with toddlers. Toddlers are at a phase where they are learning about the world around them while trying to figure out where they fit in that world. 
So they're at the exploratory stage. This is why if you're going to baby proof your house, this is the age in which you need to do it. Now, even though I won't get into baby proofing in this video, because that's another pretty big topic, we want to kind of stick with scheduling in this topic with toddlers. So, but the idea is you do want to make sure that you're giving your toddler enough space, but not too much space. So it's a pretty big balancing act when it comes to toddlers. Put yourself in the mind of a toddler for a second, because toddlers are not quite at the innocent infant stage where the infant doesn't really have to think as much. They understand something is happening, but they believe whoever's doing it, they're doing it in their best interest and they're safe. So most of the time, you're not going to have a lot of lashing out from an infant. If you give them a bottle, it's not likely that they're going to try to smack it out of your hand or fall on the floor or throw themselves on the ground because they trust you. They believe that you're doing something you're supposed to do and their response is still for the most part, instinctive more so than intellectual. Infants aren't thinking about what they're doing. They're responding to stimuli. Toddlers, on the other hand, have reached a phase where they're starting to notice differences. They can see the difference in color. They just don't know what it's called. So it's kind of like for toddlers, they live in a world of, you know, those movies where people are abducted by aliens and they don't know what the aliens are saying or doing. They just know the aliens coming towards them again. Now imagine an alien coming to you, you're strapped in a chair and they take this big long metal device and they're bringing it up to your face and your mind is going, what are they going to do with that? Where are they going to put that? Well, this is a toddler's world towards everything. That long device would be a spoon. You're trying to get them to open their mouth and eat what's on this. Food. <laughs> Some toddlers catch on immediately, especially if you've already established early on that when food is presented, it's presented in this way. It's this is your plate. This is your table. That's your chair. This is where you eat. This is what you eat with. If they already have that as a part of their routine, it's already part of their life. Then they will freak out when you have now adding instead of cold little Cheerios with no milk. Now you've added this white stuff and it's milk. And then you give them a spoon. And you're going to bring that spoon up to their mouth. And now they have to figure out what to do with it. It won't be as big of a surprise if they recognize, hey, I've seen that before. I eat those. And mommy's getting ready to give them to me. So it's safe. And I will open my mouth and eat it, not smack the end of the spoon, watch it fly in the air and have all the food fall on the floor. Oftentimes people mistake these behaviors as accidents or, oh my goodness, why would my kid do that? Most of the time, it's because, again, without that schedule, there's no routine, there's no stability. And emotionally speaking, they don't know how to tell you, I'm scared of that. I don't like that. That bothers me. I never liked that when you gave it to me the first 10 times. Why are you giving it to me again? <laughs> they can't tell you any of that. So oftentimes, we think the reaction is innocent or cute. Most of the time, the reaction is their ability or their attempt at communication. They're trying to tell that alien species over there that I'm not touching that. And it can be something subtle, like some kids I found have, I don't, I'm sure there's probably a scientific word for it, but they have issue with texture. They will pick up a plastic spoon and eat with it, but they won't touch a metal spoon and eat with it. I have no idea what that's called, but I do know it's a thing. And so if you have a kid that is deliberately knocking food or knocking the plate on the floor or 
refuses to pick up a device or pick it up and drop it. These can be subtle methods. Your child's trying to tell you something that they don't know how. Now, that doesn't mean allow them to throw things all over the house and then don't give them a response at all, because now you're training your kid to misbehave. And that's not where you want to go with this. What you want to do, though, is be observant. Try different things and see, are you getting the same response? If you're giving your kid a choice of milk, juice or water, and every time you give them water, they throw the cup on the floor, they're letting you know they don't like the water. That doesn't mean they don't have to drink it because it's your house and they're going to drink it because you said so. But at least they have signaled to you and now you know, okay, so water's not something they like. They prefer milk or juice, that sort of thing. So now you have established a level of communication, in which case now you know what to use to hold over their head. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) With toddlers, their schedule needs to match their level of development. So if they're able to play with their toys alone, put their toys away alone, then they can have more playtime with their toys. If they're not at the stage where they can do that successfully and you still have to help them with putting toys away, then you may need to shorten the playtime to give you time to go in and help them pick up their toys and still not be late picking up their sibling, spouse, or whomever for work if that's what you have to do that day. Dealing with your toddler with schedules, it's really a matter of finding ways to make it easier on you. Now, I'll be honest, as a mom, when my kids were toddlers, I was home a lot. I rearranged my whole work schedule so that I could spend time with the kids on purpose. I only work weekends and at night. Now, finding a job like that now, (laughs) good luck. But I was able to acquire one back then. So during the weekdays, I would be home. My kids were naked a lot. They either had on diapers, pull-ups, or shorts. And mainly because they were two boys. And for the most part, I wanted them to have the full reign of their room to play and goof off and explore and have fun. And I came in every so often and played and explored with them. Then I'd back off and let them explore and play on their own. And it was a very easy lifestyle. They had their little snack packs. They had their book bags and they were practiced. So when I say it's time to go, I would hold up the bag so they could see we're going somewhere. And then they would put things in the bag they wanted to take with them. That was an early lesson that really became a lifesaver as they got older, because not only did it teach them how to prepare for different things and transition to different things, but they understood that I was giving them permission to choose what they wanted to take. The only rule was whatever you take out of the house, you have to bring that. Even as toddlers, they were able to figure that out. If we came back and everything was the same in their bag, they got a snack or a reward. If something was missing, then we would talk about it. And that was so they would understand that if something's missing, it might not come back. So it's important to keep up with your things. And it was hilarious to me. We went and visited relatives and they saw my kids with their little action figures. And they're like, oh, they're going to lose all those. And I was like, no, my kids actually know how to keep up with their things. And they were at the time, I think one was two and one was one or something. They were very young. But when it was time to go, they found every single toy they brought. They had those back in the book bags. They had them back on their backs and they were ready to go by the time we left. But they have that emotional foundation that says, I don't have to worry about mommy running through the room, waving her keys, screaming. We have to go now. Just leave the toys where they are. You can't take them with you. Let's go. Because that never happened. And our house. We always manage time in such a way, like even as they got older, I wouldn't just say, 
okay, guys, we got to go clean up. It was, you have 15 minutes. So save your games, pick up your stuff. We're leaving in 15. And then I didn't keep talking to whoever for another 45 minutes. If I said we're leaving in 15, then we were leaving between 15 and 20 within a reasonable time frame. It was not, oh, now I'm going to stand here another half hour or another hour. My bad. Did I interrupt your game for no reason? Sorry. You can't do that. It has to be a, you have to meet your kids where you want them to meet you. There has to be a give and take. There has to be an understanding of, I understand your time is just as important to you as my time is to me. So even though you're talking or dealing with a toddler, they're going to have the same emotional response as you would if you just sat down to eat a nice meal and it took you the last 45 minutes to make it. And someone comes in and says, well, I don't care if you're eating or not. We got to go. That's not going to set well with you. It's going to kind of screw up your afternoon or your evening. It's the same thing for a toddler. Just because they're in a smaller body doesn't mean that they're not going to have a response. And telling them, well, don't worry, sweetheart. We'll take it with you. You can put it in a baggie. Think about it. If you just made yourself a beautiful seafood meal, do you really want someone to pick it up and toss it in some tinfoil, put it in a bag and say, don't worry about it. It's the same thing. You can eat it later. <laughs> no. So this is why your scheduling time management equals your emotional responses. Because suddenly you're looking at that meal. So I don't even want it anymore. And now I'm mad at you for screwing it up. And I'm going to be mad at you for weeks because you screwed up my dinner. But for a toddler, it's the same thing. I just managed to get these blocks to stand up on top of each other. And now here you come. You don't say anything to me. You just pick the blocks up and throw them in a bag. And I'm mad at you. And I'm going to be mad at you. And for the next half hour, I don't care what you tell me to do. I'm going to throw this and I'm going to kick that because I'm mad. We can avoid all of that by saying, let's give each other the time needed to communicate properly. Time for every activity. There's no reason for you to be in a rush through lunch or a rush through breakfast. If you've managed your time appropriately, if the food is prepared in advance, your toddler shouldn't have to sit there and watch you stir spaghettios for five to 20 minutes. It should already be on their plate by the time they come in to sit down. If you've uh, made sure that they've cleaned their room ahead of time, then you don't have to worry about walking through the room with a laundry basket, not being able to see the floor, stepping on a block, falling into a wall. All of that extra. Get rid of all of that by having proper time management and a routine, which means you know that everything is safe. Your kid knows everything is safe and you really are helping them to understand the importance of you're important to me. I'm spending time with you. When we're spending time together, it's because I care about you. I'm not spending time with you out of obligation only. I'm choosing to spend time with you. These are the things you want to do with scheduling when it comes to toddlers. You want to make it a routine. You want to introduce things to them slowly. You want to make sure you're explaining things without going over their head. If it's something they really are showing a fear towards, like some toddlers have it, really hate to get water in their face. I don't know why, but there's a lot of toddlers who really freak out. So then get them a doll and show them how the water is not going to kill the doll and wash the doll's hair and let them do it and so forth. And understand there are things you can schedule and things you can't. And we'll get into that a little bit later. 
when it comes to things like, yes, you can schedule lunch. No, you cannot schedule potty training. <laughs> when they got to go, they got to go. <laughs> but how do you potty train without letting them use it as a power struggle? That's a story for a different time. Make sure you set aside adequate time. By you doing that, you're also teaching them how to do that as well. That as they get older, they'll figure out. If I need to go to the store and the store is a 10 minute drive, I don't need to leave at 10 minutes till. I need to leave at 15 till because that gives me time to get there and back and make sure I have time while I'm there. Yeah, as a reminder, use songs and music to transition from one activity to the next. Try to keep activities congruent as in if you brushed your teeth and you washed your face, now it's time for breakfast. Do it in that order every day as much as possible. Switching it up, believe it or not, can cause unnecessary problems and confusion because a child is now used to something. And in a way, if you think about it, for a child, everything is either you gave it to me or you took it away. They don't really understand the nuance of why or I'm going to get it later or we're just putting it off for a minute. That part doesn't compute at that age. Use words to communicate like two words. Not, they don't need complete sentences. Not at that age. <laughs> but for toddlers, scheduling and routines are imperative. This is the foundation that will get them to trust and obey you. And then the schedule makes your life easier as they learn how to communicate and behave. And I mentioned it in an earlier video. It's a difference between an obedient child who behaves in a good way versus an obedient child who's going to do as you said, but make your life a living hell in the process. There's a difference between I can put my toys away nicely or I can slam them and break them. I can talk to mommy or I can shout at mommy. Okay, this is what the scheduling is for. When you make time for them, then they're going to make time for you. So it kind of, it winds up going both ways. Yes, the rule may be you sit in the cart at the store. Great, they're obeying you, they're sitting in the cart. But if they're screaming the whole time, now there's a problem, right? Because now you're dealing with an emotional response to something where they're saying, I'm not being heard. I'm angry. I thought we were getting ice cream and here we are buying shoes. A toddlers don't understand that. They only know that you've implied something, but you're doing something else. You want to make sure that you're giving the right signals with your scheduling. Set aside enough time for each activity so you're not creating unnecessary stress or hazards or dangerous conditions when you don't have to. So that pretty much wraps up what you need to know about scheduling with toddlers and helping them to provide a level of emotional stability so they start to learn how to react and not overreact, how to control their emotions and not let their emotions control them. Okay, well, that's it for this, Grandma says. And my goodness, I've said this all I have to say about that one. <laughs> so I will see you on the next podcast.